A few weeks ago, I was looking at this Christmas series that I'm going to begin today. And uh, I had the thoughts months ago and put it down, but I hadn't begun working on the series or the sermons. And as I, in my head, right, I, I keep thinking, I need to start working on the first sermon. I need to put the first sermon together. I need to, uh, you know, have it ready to go because I don't, so, so you know, it doesn't happen on Saturday night. Usually it's two to three weeks out, a sermon's ready, and then you keep going over it. But, uh, but it hit me as I was having those thoughts, I need to, I have to. Got to get a Christmas sermon together. Got to get this Christmas series together. And the Holy Spirit just immediately rebuked me. So I'm going to share my rebuking with you. Is that okay? No, I groaned one out. Oh, man, really? Boy, I love our song set today, don't you? Won't stop now, no matter what we're going through, no matter what's happening in our life, no matter what this world throws at us. The Word is still true in the Word of God that Jesus will never leave us or forsake us. Amen? I mean, won't stop now. You can't stop God's people now. If we're on fire for him and living for him and being the light of the world, uh, it doesn't matter what's going on around us. We're going to be that light. And then I love the rattle song, right? The the part that really stood out to me today is uh, his resurrection power is running through my veins. That's an awesome line in that song. Uh, Just that the believing in Christ the Savior and and the resurrection runs through us to share with others. Uh, It's an amazing thing. And obviously, Waymaker, Jesus uh, is going to come back one day, folks. You know that, right? I mean, there's nothing that can stop that second coming of Christ when he splits those clouds and that trumpet sounds and, and, you know, the dead in Christ rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up with them forever in the air and so shall it ever be or so shall we ever be with the Lord. Those words are still in the, in the book. Amen. And so we're looking for that day as God's people. We're, we're waiting for that day that, that, that Jesus is going to come back. But until he does, he has a purpose and a reason for us being here. So I'm going to start the Christmas series today. And I want to begin it by asking you a question or asking us a question, and that is this. Are you looking to survive Christmas or are you looking to celebrate it? Are you looking to survive Christmas or are you looking to celebrate it? We're going to take a vote. How many of you are looking to celebrate Christmas? Amen. That's good. A lot of you. Okay. Being honest before God because he knows your heart and you didn't raise your hand that time. How many of you are looking to survive Christmas? Hey, I appreciate the honesty, right? I mean, that's, that's the truth. I mean, sometimes that's what it is. I, I read a poll that, that uh, someone did on this very question of those who are looking to survive Christmas and some of the answers they gave why they're <laughs> looking to survive it. Uh, one was money. Right? December, Christmas gifts, all the part, you know, it just costs a lot of money during December if we allow it to. And so they, they're looking to survive financially, December. Others said, uh, because it's a jungle out there, everybody gets crazy during Christmas time and they don't enjoy that part of it. Some said the Christmas decorations. How many of you absolutely do not want to decorate? Yeah. <laughs> right? All the men raise their hand. <laughs> like, <laughs> They just dread the decorations. Some said because they have to spend time with their parents. Others said because they have to spend time with their kids. <laughs> Some said because of the traveling they have to do. Got to go to this family and that family and this parent, you know. They just don't look forward to any of that. They're looking to survive it because of the travel. Uh, some said because their family's just grumpy and they got to spend more time with them. Some said because Thanksgiving to Christmas is just all we do is eat. I mean, I work hard all year, and then I gain it all back in a month. 
Some said because of the busyness of the season. Uh, there's a, the last one that I thought was funny. Uh, it was out there. It was like, because I have to spend time with my in-laws. I heard an amen over here. Who was that? Josh. <laughs> so let's talk about a change of celebration today. A change of celebration. See, the purpose of Christmas is to celebrate. The purpose of Christmas is not to think I have to get a sermon together. The purpose of Christmas is not to survive it. The purpose of Christmas is not to, to get it out of the way and go on with the rest of the year and have a New Year's party or whatever we do. The purpose of Christmas, I want you to hear this, is to celebrate it. As those who have believed and been saved by faith in Jesus as Savior, we need to remember to celebrate Christmas. And I want to go one step further today. Jesus is ju not just the reason for this season. Jesus is the reason for every season. Amen? He, Jesus is the reason uh, that we, we should celebrate 12 months a year, 365 days a year. Not just during December, not just Christmas. We should, we should celebrate Jesus all year long and a little more at Christmas. That's what we should be doing. So turn with me to Luke chapter 2 today, if you would. I always encourage people uh, during the Advent season, the Christmas season, uh, to read Luke 2 and, and Matthew 1 over and over and over again, because in it is the Christmas story, what we recognize and what we celebrate during Christmas. Uh, when you do, you not only learn what happened uh, with Jesus and his birth and the, the cast, but you also see the first people that were involved in that birth and during that time. And I want you to hear this today. They were not kings. It was not the elite of the day. The first people to celebrate what we're going to talk about today, celebrating Jesus, the first people were the shepherds, the average, the average. So Luke chapter 2 and verse 1, the word of God says, and it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end, in the beginning of this chapter, we're going to stop right there. We have the birth of the Son of God. I want you to get the setting. I try always in my mind, it helps me understand the Word of God better to humanize the story, not to just read it as words on a page. So I try to place myself in that setting. I sit back after reading the scripture and I get this setting so far, right? You have Mary and Joseph. They've traveled a long way. They've come in uh, to Bethlehem and there's no room at the end. So they're put into a, a stable where the animals are, whatever animals were there. And they're placed there and it's just Mary and Joseph. That's it. There's no fanfare. Right? There's nobody standing outside waiting for the, the baby to be born. There's no public announcements happening. There's no parades waiting to happen. Uh, there's no visitors in a waiting room. There's nobody waiting to pass out cigars after Jesus is born. It's just Mary and Joseph. It's just them. And look at verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over the flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord showed round about them. And they were greatly afraid. Let's stop right there. Put yourself there. 
we go to work or we, we have our routine that we do every day. These shepherds had a routine and some of them would watch the flock during the day and some of them would watch the flock at night. That was their job. Their job at night was to get the round up the sheep and the sheep would bed down and they were to make sure nothing happened to those sheep. They had to stay awake all night. They had to watch over the sheep. That was their job. And they, they do this night after night after night after night after night. Same thing. Get the sheep together, bed them down, watch and protect the sheep uh, all night long. That's their job. And so that's what they're doing. It's a regular night in the life of these shepherds. Nothing new, nothing great, nothing out of the ordinary. But then an angel of the Lord <laughs> stood before them. What would you have done? <laughs> I mean, regular day, right? Just living your life, doing what you do. And an angel shows up. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. That's probably what I would have done. How about you? I would have been greatly afraid. And it goes on to say, Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the uh, angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at these things, or those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that he had, or they had heard and seen as it was told them. Father, we come once again before you today, recognizing that you are God. And as we open up your word, recognizing the power of your holy, inspired word, and, and, and that it has the power to change us, to challenge us, to convict us, to encourage us, all those things. So we ask that you speak to us today, not only through your word, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, God, that you would move among us, that we would not be where we were when we entered this building, but we would be closer to you and drawn closer to you and a different mindset when we leave today because of who you are and Jesus because of who you are and the Holy Spirit because of who you are. God, change us today as only you can. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. When the shepherds heard the announcement from the angels, it stands out to me. They immediately said, let's go see this thing. Now understand, what was their job that night? To watch the sheep, to protect the sheep. And when the angel stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and this multitude of the heavenly host, an angelic uh, choir, right? They didn't sing, but they said, a host of angels showed up and, and said, Jesus, the Savior of the world has been born. They said, you know what? The sheep contend themselves for a little bit. Let's go and see this thing they have made known to us. And it stands out to me that they went and they, they celebrated Jesus. And I want you to get this. The first celebration of Jesus was not the shepherds. 
It was not uh, the kings that came later. The first celebration was the heavenly host. The, the angels that showed up saying and praising God because the Savior of the world had been born who is Christ the Lord. But then the shepherds went and they, they met Mary and they met Joseph and eventually met Jesus. And after meeting Jesus, there was something about their encounter. There was something that triggered something deep inside their soul that caused them, when they left, to tell everyone what they'd seen, to tell everyone what they saw, to tell everyone about Jesus. It changed them. See, the purpose of Christmas is to celebrate Jesus. Why would we do that? Because we have been changed. The shepherds were living their life, doing their thing. But when they met Jesus, it changed them. People marveled at their life because meeting Jesus changed them. So let me ask you a personal question. Can you remember back to the time when you met Jesus? Now, I understand some of you did that at a young age and it's more difficult. But can you remember back to the time when you met the Savior? Do you remember the excitement around that time? The thrill of being a new believer? I mean, I remember going, I can't believe this. I cannot believe that, that I've lived 17 years wondering what's going to happen when I die. I can't believe that I lived 17 years carrying this burden of sin in my life and all of a sudden it's gone because I, now I know Jesus as Savior. And then, and then as I continue to grow, and, and maybe you're there with me and see if you are, I, I mean, I, every day after this, like, I, mean, I can't believe I'm saved. <laughs> I can't believe my sins are forgiven. I can't believe that, wait a minute, I get a mansion in heaven now? Are you kidding me? That's pretty cool. You remember that excitement? Every time you learn something new or God would reveal something new to you, there was a, a new excitement. And, and we see it in new believers now, uh, having walked with Jesus for a little bit, right? People grab their Bible and they actually begin to read it. They say, well, I want to know more. So they read the Bible and they, they may start in the, the stiff part, which is, you know, the Old Testament. They may, they may start reading there, and it's funny because they'll come up to you and say, hey, I was, reading, I was reading the Word of God today, and I read about that prophet Malici. Man, was he Italian? Oh, I mean, I mean, and then I, I got to this book in there, and it's titled Job. It's not about it. I didn't read anything about employment in there, but that guy went through the ringer. You remember that? I remember <laughs> being corrected that it was Job and being embarrassed. It's like, oh, like I should have known that. It's J-O-B. Seriously, that's Job, right? Oh, no. No, no, no. That's Job. It's like I didn't have an E on it. What's up with that? Do you remember? I, they, they, even going to the, I had one one time go to the, the New Testament and said, man, there's a book written to the Philippines in here. <laughs> All the enthusiasm. I mean, uh, <laughs> new believers, they start learning and growing, and, and there's an excitement about meeting Jesus and the change that's happening in their life. Uh, they're going to they're gonna name their future kids, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? They're looking to buy some manna online. You know, they, they, they're trying to find a manger just to sleep in, just to be, see what Jesus went through. I, I don't know. Jesus is everything. Do you remember that excitement? So here's a million-dollar question. 
What happened to it? Why, where did the excitement and the celebration go? What happens in our lives that causes us to not really celebrate Jesus like we should? See, the problem isn't his worthiness. For me, and I'm a lumpy in there with me, the problem is my forgetfulness. We just forget about the wonder and the majesty of salvation. So the good news evolves into just news. And sometimes for some, it becomes old news. When I say I'm doing a Christmas series, and I ask you to turn to Luke chapter 2, first thing that ran through your head was, "Mm, been there, heard that, done that. I've read the Christmas story. I know it. Let's move on. See, Here's a warning sign for us that we're not celebrating like we should. You know you're struggling to celebrate Jesus when God's word has become strictly informational instead of transformational. I'm not celebrating Jesus like I should when God's word has become strictly informational. I know that story. I've heard that before. I've heard sermons on that. I've read that story before. I know that information. When it becomes informational and not transformational, we're not celebrating like God wants us to. So here's the struggle. We're forgetful people, but our faith is strengthened when we remember. God designed us this way. I want you to get that. We're forgetful people. Will you at least agree with me on that? Amen. But when we remember what God has done and what he is doing and what he has promised to do, when we remember, our faith is strengthened. We're who he wants us to be. So I want to remember. I want us to remember what God has done for us. God wants us to remember. I want to encourage all of us to remember the the joy of our salvation. I want us to celebrate Christmas because Jesus is worthy of that celebration. I don't want us to survive Christmas. I want to celebrate Christmas. Remembering what God has done for us is so important. That's why God tells us over and over and over again in his word to remember. Here's some examples. In Matthew 16, the disciples were reminded to remember the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. This is the God you serve. Remember how he fed 5,000? In Luke chapter 1, we are to remember God and his holy covenant with us. In Luke chapter 17, we're to remember Lot's wife and how she sinned against God. Don't look back. She looked back. We're not to look back when we're moving forward for Christ. We're to remember her and not do that, not live that way. In Luke 24, the disciples were told at the tomb, to remember that Jesus said, I will rise again the third day. We're told in in John 15, Jesus teaches us to remember that the servant's not greater than the master. In John 16, we read where Jesus told his disciples that when difficult times come, remember my teachings, remember what I've said, remember my promises over and over and over and over again in his book, in his word, God tells us to remember. As a matter of fact, 164 times in the New King James Version, we are told as God's people to remember. So I have a confession to make. This series is not directed at you. Hmm. I stand here before to admit that, that I've walked on this journey with Jesus for a while now. Sometimes I forget to celebrate Jesus. I forget to worship him 
for all he's done, I forget to stop and remember what God has done for me, what he is doing for me, what he's going to do for me. I forget. How about you? I need, I, <laughs> this little, I throw my name in there, Robert Martin Ballou, right? I feel like I'm getting in trouble now. I need, I want to celebrate Jesus this Christmas because he deserves it. So we need to remember. So I put some things together to help me remember this season. And I'm going to share those with you. Hopefully it will help you too. They're very practical. It's four things quickly that when we see these things during this Christmas holiday, I want to be reminded of how we can celebrate instead of survive. So is it okay if I share those with you? All right. The first visual I want to use this morning to help us to remember to celebrate is a star. When we see a star the next few weeks, I want us to celebrate our past. Now hang with me. But not just our past. As a believer in Jesus Christ, we are going to celebrate that our past is forgiven. Because of Jesus, we can celebrate that, that he came to wipe away all our sins. And I want you to hear this. There's no past that Jesus can't forgive. Some of you need to hear that. I hear people every now and then, they share their life story. And when they, they share their story, even as a believer in Christ, they still have regrets they still feel pain and suffering from their past. And I ask them, have you, have you asked Jesus to forgive you? And they say, yes, then let it go. Because Jesus has forgiven you. He has wiped those away. There's no past that Jesus can't forgive. And I realize there's some wild past out there, right, in all of our lives. I mean, if, if, if we applied for the Jerry Springer show, we'd probably all make it. I understand that, that we've done some bad things, that there's been a lot of evil around, that some disobedience, a lot of selfishness. Uh, but hear the truth again this morning. There is no past that cannot be forgiven. We need to celebrate that. And the symbol to celebrate that this Christmas season is the star. Jesus was born of a, uh, as Savior of mankind, and that includes forgiving our past. So when you see a star, remember, my past is forgiven. So I want you to say that with me, right? My past is forgiven. Say it again. My past is forgiven. When you see a star, remember that your past, by faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Savior, past is forgiven. Celebrate that. Mark chapter 2, Jesus said this, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I am so thankful for that, aren't you? We're all sinners in need of a Savior. God sent his only begotten son. Jesus came willfully. He bled and died on a cross for your sins and for mine. He rose again that third day. And we come not only to celebrate the birth of Jesus, but also that he is our Savior. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. We celebrate when we see a star that our past has been forgiven. Colossians 1 tells us, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed unto us the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. When we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, we're saved. And our past sins, our present sins, and our future sins are all covered by the blood of Jesus and the resurrection and the power He has over death, hell, and the grave. I think that's something I can celebrate. How about you? 
So when we see a star this holiday season, remember this. Our past is forgiven. Celebrate that. Stop and just worship for God for a second when you see a star. Go out at night and look up in the sky. Pick out a star to say, thank you, God, that my sins are forgiven through Jesus Christ. Help me to celebrate this Christmas season. The second visual that I have for you this morning is going to be a candle, but I don't want you to focus on the candle. I want you to, to focus on the flame of the candle. See, when we see a candle... I want it to represent not only that Jesus is the light of the world, but that as a believer in Jesus Christ, his Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And he makes us the light of the world. So when you see this flame right now, worship God for the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. We can celebrate that when we said yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit came and invaded our lives. And God's Spirit lives inside of us right now as believers in Christ and understand there's nothing good inside of us except for the Holy Spirit of God. That flame inside of us that, that gave us new life and our spirit was born again inside through the power of the Holy Spirit of God and faith in Christ the Savior. And the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. He not only is meeting with us here today, but as a believer in Christ, he's that flame inside of us, that spark inside of us to live godly, to choose to celebrate. You see, not knowing Christ, uh, why would I celebrate Christmas? Why would I celebrate the birth of a Savior who I haven't trusted as my Savior? But we who know Christ as Savior, we have this flame living inside of us, and we should celebrate every time we see a candle, every time it, uh, we see that flame this Christmas season. I want to challenge all of us to remember and celebrate that the Holy Spirit of God is the light inside of us to a dark world. Romans 8 says this, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So not only celebrate a star and our past is forgiven, but let's celebrate the light of the Holy Spirit of God that lives inside of us when we see a candle or a flame this Christmas. The third visual I want to use today to remind us to celebrate is the color red. There are two major colors used predominantly at Christmas green and red. The color red represents the blood that Jesus shed for us, for our sins. Because of that blood, and when we put our faith in Christ as Savior, we now have a place in heaven. Red represents a place in heaven. When we see the color red this, this Christmas season, let it remind you not only of the blood, which we, cel we celebrate too, but remind you of there's a place now in heaven reserved with your name on it that nobody else is going to get, just you. If you're a true disciple of Jesus, then you've been forgiven of your sins. You have a personal relationship with him, and your destiny is determined to be in heaven one day. Is that something we can celebrate? We should celebrate? John 5, Jesus said this, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who has sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Romans 5, 
so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Right, as people, we've been saved from our sins, the payment of our sins, and we have a place reserved for us. Uh, one of the most famous passages in Scripture is John chapter 14, where Jesus himself teaches, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. We have a, a mansion reserved for us in heaven, folks. Sometimes it, it, I forget that. Sometimes I don't celebrate that. Sometimes I think, well, okay, I have a mansion in heaven. Who does that? God himself prepared a place for you and for me as believers. And one day we're going to go there when this mess is over. So when you see the color red this Christmas, celebrate that as a believer in Christ, you have a place reserved in heaven. You see a star, past of forgiven. You see candle, that light, it's the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. We're to be a light to the world. Color red, we have a place reserved for us in heaven. And then the last visual I want to give you this morning to remember what God has done for us and to celebrate this Christmas is the color green. Green represents growth. When something is green, it's healthy, it's strong, and it's growing. As believers in Christ, we can continue to grow in our relationship with God and with others. We don't have to stay the same. We should be ever-changing to be more like Jesus in our life. We need to change our celebration, change how we're approaching Christmas if we're not approaching it correctly, change how we're worshiping, change how we're celebrating and green represents that, that spiritual growth that can happen in each one of us. Do you remember the story that Jesus told of the farmer? The farmer went out and he, he cast some seed on the ground. And I'm not going to get into the whole parable. But as that seed fell on the ground, each seed produced different fruit. In verse, uh, Matthew 13, it says, But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some hundredfold, some 60, and some 30. God is doing a work inside of each and every believer, and we all have the opportunity to grow spiritually. You may be at 30 right now, but you can be at 60 next year or next month. You may be at 60, you need to be at 100. But I'm so thankful that I'm not who I used to be. And I'm so thankful and I celebrate today that hopefully, Lord willing, in the future, I'm not who I am today because I need to grow. How about you? Our past is forgiven. When you see that star, remember that. When you see a flame on a candle, remember that the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of us and we're to be that light. When we see the color red, we've got a place reserved in heaven. And we see the color green. Remember that we have an opportunity to grow as believers in Christ. See, as God's people, it's very important that we celebrate Christmas. That when we say and go and read maybe every day or every other day or during this time, Luke chapter 2, Matthew chapter 1, we read that Christmas story, folks. As God's people, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate this Christmas. So what I want to do now is I want to give all of us an opportunity as individuals, as couples, as families. I mean, it's, it's December 6th. 
We've got a long way till we come to a Christmas Eve service and, and a Christmas day when we, you know, say that's, that's when we truly celebrate as families and stuff. But, but I want to encourage you today to come to an altar. Let's have a change of celebration this Christmas season. A change of celebration to worship him because by faith in Christ, our sins are forgiven. The Holy Spirit of God lives inside of us. We have a place reserved in heaven and we can continue to grow. So Father, as we come today, I pray that you would just help us to respond in a way that's pleasing to you. If you're leading anyone to come down to an altar, get on their knees before you, and maybe as individuals or couples or families, just come down and, and rededicate just to, just to say, you know, I, I was approaching the holidays as, as getting through it or surviving it, or, or I was going to uh, live life until the 23rd and, and then really celebrate Jesus, and I need to do that now every day. It starts today. So God, as, as we stand, as we worship, may part of that worship also be responding in a way to celebrate you because you deserve it. We're very forgetful. May we remember who you are and celebrate that. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Would you stand with me, please? 